there is this, uh, I guess, this misconception amongst new people in business or, or not just new people, but people that are just not experienced in buying and paying for traffic and tracking traffic that somebody's going to just see an ad, click an ad, get on a phone call, close the next day and, uh, you know, go about your merry ways. And typically, hey there, how's it going? That's right. I'm talking to you. Listen, before we jump into today's podcast, I wanted to ask you for a little favor. If you're getting value from this program, why don't you take a moment to give us a five-star review? Not a four-star or a three-star. Don't be a dick. Leave the five-star review that you know we deserve. Do it now. Welcome to the Instant Leverage Podcast. Good morning. Happy Monday. Today, I wanted to talk about how people actually buy things because... uh, So recently I've invested in some tools to just help us see more of uh, what our our clients' purchase behavior looks like. And I think that the more you understand how people buy things, the better off you'll be because the more you'll tailor your process to facilitate and match up with how people buy versus um, how you think people buy. So there's this, uh, I guess, this misconception amongst new people in business or or not just new people, but people that are just not experienced in buying and paying for traffic and tracking traffic that somebody's going to just see an ad, click an ad, get on a phone call, close the next day and, uh, you know, go about your merry ways. And typically that's not the, uh, that's not how it works. So what I've noticed in investing in tracking our uh, our sales a lot better and tracking the clicks and the customer journey and stuff like that. Typically, it's it's more like someone sees our ads for two to three weeks, sometimes two to three months. Then they opt in. And then two to three days later, uh, sometimes five, six, sometimes two weeks, will uh, schedule to book a call. And then uh, five to seven days after they book a call, they will become a client. So we do get, like it does happen a lot where people will see an ad, click an ad, get on the phone right away and close right away. Have seen that happen in our tracking as well. But more often than not, that's not the case. You have to constantly come with different angles, constantly come with different copy uh, different creatives, just a lot of, uh, different, uh, touch points, a lot of impressions, essentially, if you want somebody to buy because impressions build trust. So, um, when you understand this, you no longer are so, uh, worried about like these ads aren't working right now or whatever. Like I have ads that I I run and I've, I've seen it. It's been very, very interesting. So we use uh, Hyros to track our advertising spend. And we will see that I'll have an ad that's a complete, what will be perceived to be a dud. Maybe I'll run it for like a week. And I'm like, oh, it hasn't produced any sales or whatever. I'll kill it. I'll go back and check it, let's say a week later. And since the week, and, and in that week that's passed, just, just off of the leads that that particular ad has generated, we will have gotten one or two sales and it would be extremely massively profitable. So 
That goes to show that if you're living for closing people right on the spot, um, you know, first time they, that they hear of you, you will always struggle. So then the question becomes, okay, well, how do I facilitate this, like, this uh, process? So I'll tell you what we do. So number one, we run a lot of ads to the same people. So I run ads to my email list, people who, who've been uh, my entire email list. I run ads to people who visited our, uh, any one of our landing pages and didn't convert, uh, meaning like they didn't opt in. I run p- ads to people who did opt in. And <clears throat> once they're in, I have a nurture sequence where essentially they get one email a day and they just keep getting one email a day. If they don't open, I think five emails in a row, they get taken off of the list and put into an inactive uh, list. And we're constantly emailing people who are opening emails, meaning uh, to me, which shows interest, right? So the daily email uh, changed my life. I've talked about that on the podcast. And then we have a, a blog that we set up where I just constantly make content and interview clients and uh, different things like that. And that's at instantleverageblog.com. So essentially, once you've heard of me, there's all these different ways where you can keep getting touches and keep getting hit with different uh, frequencies. So by with, uh, sorry, with different messages, right? At, at a high frequency. So uh, ways that you can do that would be any way that you can possibly think of. If that's YouTube for you, if that's a podcast like this, like this podcast, uh, you know, people who listen to this podcast become customers of, our, of ours, right? So um, having something where you could essentially follow up with your ideal clients and kind of loop them into your world. So the way that I think about it is our emails loop into our blog, our blog links to our other blog posts, which links to our podcast as well, which links to our reviews page with all of our testimonials. So everything is kind of intertwined. Um, our blog sometimes leads people to our uh, YouTube channel as well. So everything kind of intertwined so that once you're in our world, you keep getting fed back into our world. So ultimately, the this as the saying goes, whoever can afford to pay the most to acquire a customer typically wins. Um, but even further than that, whoever can afford to go the most negative in the beginning, in the acquisition process, typically wins. So if you look at major companies, they have, uh, <clears throat> for example, diapers for a company like Bye Bye Baby is a loss leader. Diapers, uh, they lose money on every box of diapers that they sell because they want the diapers to be competitive so people will come in and then buy other things. So because they are playing a different game than a local mom and pop shop that needs to be profitable on that box of diapers, they can ultimately like decimate them, right? So your need, the longer, the, the longer you go needing to <clears throat> spend $1 to make two within 24 hours, the uh, longer it's going to take you to explode your business. So the way that I look at it is at first, you really have no choice because you have no money. You have no resources, right? So you have to 
do your best to close people on the front end. But if you're close, if you're talking to, let's say typically the way it shakes out, if, if you talk to seven people or sorry, if you get seven appointments booked, you'll close one the first time you guys speak, right? So if you know that, then that one that you close is now going to be reinvested into traffic for people that are going to, that you're going to close in the next two to three months. The people we're closing today are a result of work that we did months ago, you know, ads that we ran months ago, um, a VSL that I created almost a year ago now. So these things, they kind of start to feed into each other and it becomes like all these like mini assets. So every, uh, blog post, YouTube video, podcast, whatever becomes a mini asset. So I will warn you though about, uh, the content trap. A lot of the times content can be used as a, uh, a crutch where it's like, oh, I don't need to learn paid traffic because I'm just doing content. And uh, I was stuck there for a while and my income plateaued for two years because all I did was content, right? The way I look at it now is content is only for making people who I've paid to acquire emails and phone numbers or whatever uh, warmer and convert some of those people on the back end versus me having to, um, you know, continue to spend money on the front end. So I think of content as like my, the, my nurture back end, not so much, uh, like all my content is created for people who've come in through ads and already know who I am. None of my content is created to attract new people into my world. Um, it might do that every now and then that's a bonus, but for the most part, my content is created for the people that I've paid to, uh, enter paid for to enter my world. And if you think about it that way, you will uh, avoid the trap of thinking you need to do a Facebook Live every day, which is where I was at, at some point, and thinking you need to post a million times a day on Instagram stories, which is, uh, again, somewhere that I was. All my content is automated, so I'll record a podcast. I will um, uh, I'll have like uh, video content going out on Instagram. I have people creating infographics for me, all completely automated. Um, so I don't necessarily have to show up and do a Facebook live or an Instagram live or whatever to get leads. Leads are coming in on autopilot. The content nurtures those leads. So that's how I think about it because being someone who feels like they need to be glued to their computer in order to make sales is uh, just not a good place to be. I've been there. Uh, It sucks. Trust me. So the cool thing about this strategy is you can start building this today. And it's a moving body of work. So you're constantly adding to it. And every new thing that you add to it becomes an asset for your business that's going to drive you leads, appointments, and ultimately sales. So hope that was helpful. And I'll see you guys in the next episode of the Instant Leverage Podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, and I'd be forever grateful if you left us a five-star review on the app you're listening on so we can help more people. And if you want more content like this, then click that subscribe button now. And until next time, my friends, stay leveraged.